Welcome, everybody, to Party in Peril Villains, Episode 6. If you're joining us for the first time, I urge you to go back and listen to the first episode of this campaign. We will try and wait for you to catch up. But this is the official D&D campaign for Nerdsloth, so if you aren't subscribed, please do that now so you can stay current on all the episodes. And don't forget to check out new episodes from our other great shows like Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom, Night Marathon, A Little Spooky, and Nerdsloth Gaming. Joseph and I did a live stream on YouTube the other day of The Blackout Club where you can hear me freak out and scream an awful lot as scary things chase me around a neighborhood and underground. It was not fun for me. So, when we left off, the Hellmates, led by Nate the Great, found a weakness in the defenses of the city of Noblethorn, where the guards were sleeping and not tending to their section of the wall. They climbed the ramparts and descended down to the other side, coming face to face with some very hungry canines. Cue the intro music. The world of Alluren. A land promising adventure, treasure, and glory at every turn for all the many, many heroes that inhabit it. From the far reaches of the frozen fjords to the sweltering jungles of Ishtka, opportunity awaits for all those brave enough to seek it. And, oh, wait, who are you? <laughs> However, we are not the heroes of this tale. So welcome to the Party in Peril Villains Campaign. <laughs> They're sniffing around you uh, and, and kind of baring their teeth quite a bit. Can I charm them with my friendship? Is it, is your friendship, is it a cantrip or a spell or what is that one? It just says first level. Oh, it's a first level spell. spell. Oh, so that one's burned up. So no, you're done on that one. No, no more friendship. (laughs) Burned up till your next rest. Can I do, can I roll for animal handling? Can um, we do a group roll for animal handling? Because mine is plus two and mine is plus three. Ah. Well, what do you, what do you what do you how do you want to handle the dogs? Like, what exactly do you want to do? Um, like, you got tell me a plan. Like, like tricks, like, like trick, like like see if they'll respond to like sit and roll over. Like and, w- probably what I would do with like a normal dog, kind of like reach my hand out slowly. Okay, but not over it, like kind of towards its nose. Hope I don't get bitten. Okay. Yeah, if you guys want to try that, you you can. Did you want to do a group roll or or what do you yeah, want to do? Yeah, let's do a group let's roll. A group will a group roll give us an advantage? I thought no. I thought I had a <laughs> rations. You you thought you had rations? Well, do, does anybody have like food that we could like possibly try to get it to go after? I think we so. probably got I think food we have in this like bag, berries right? and stuff. Yeah, that bag's got a lot of stuff. I have some rations. Equipment. Can we try to like entice him to go after the rations? Like. And- the other way away from where we're going. <laughs> I'll uh, pull some rations out. Okay. okay. And then we're doing the... Um, do I need to roll animal handling on top of this or just do the action? You just, uh, if you want to try something, you can just try it. Good, good puppies, nice doggies. And I hand, Wazlo hands the, like, throws over some rations. Yeah, throw it to him? Okay. Yeah, just like toss it down to him. I want to see how far you can throw this, this food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Okay. Roll strength for me or like athletics. <laughs> roll athletics. Okay. Well, do I re-roll because I rolled strength? Uh, no, I you just add your modifier onto it. Okay. Well, they were both zero. <laughs> so five. Five. Okay. You you threw it, the, the food about five feet from you. So literally just right in front of where the dogs are. So the dogs are not moving, but they are eating <laughs> the, the food that you threw to okay. them. But they are still just standing right in front of you. <laughs> Perhaps I did roll for animal handling. Okay, and I rolled an eighteen plus three, so twenty-one. Okay, what what do you want to do with with that? Because that's a success. Now, what did you want to use it for? Like, what do you want to do with them? I want to pretend like I'm a dog whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you want these these doggos to do? You guys did just feed them. So now that you have fed them, uh, what do you want them to try to do, Lilith? All right, I'm going to try and and either whistle and see if there's any commands that they would react to. Okay. So you <laughs> the their their ears perk up and they as they start finishing their meal and they kind of sit down and and stare at you. <laughs> okay. I think they like us. <laughs> they, they they both tilt their heads to the right and then they tilt their heads again to the left. Uh, then I'm going to do some snappity snaps. <laughs> what reaction do they do? They they <laughs> go from sitting to standing up, and now they're like both panting like... <laughs> oh, I think they like us. Oh, I think they want to play. Waslo, what else do you have in your bag? Maybe we can throw it. How about, uh, how about this? Waslow pulls out his unlit torch and kind of like breaks some chunks off. Actually, no, just the unlit torch. Grab that and then just try to throw it like a stick for them to catch. <laughs> okay. Do I need another strength want, roll? Yeah, for that? I want you to roll strength on that too. I want to see how far Waslow throws this one. Oh, my weakness. <laughs> oh, no. I rolled a seven this time. Cool. You throw it. Basically, just barely past where you threw the food. So they take like two feet. They step back like two feet and they pick it up. And now the, the two of them are fighting over it. Like they're playing tug of war. Like, arr, 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 should we go while they're distracted? Would someone else throw from now on? <laughs> wow, slow your upper body strength needs work. <laughs> so, should we just try to like walk around them? I yeah. mean, they're having fun. Yeah, they're. They don't seem to be intimidated by us, and therefore clearly not Waslow's strength. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I say we we move on. These two are they seem to be having a good time now. All right, so is is uh, Nate the Great gonna lead the way? He if if you would defer to his wisdom, um, he sure can. Hey, l- why don't you let me lead the way, seeing as I'm the only human here, and we are now in my kind of territory. Okay, wait, now hold on. I've been in human territories lots of time to steal stuff. You being human has nothing to do with being smarter than anybody. Well, I'm not trying to be racist. I'm just saying if if one of us is leading the way and gets seen first, I'm the one least likely to draw attention. Then don't draw attention to yourself oh, at good all. Lord. I just <laughs> let's let let's just let Nate tell us where the door is. Yeah. Show us. Yeah, Think about it like this. He's also serves as a meat shield if we need it's it. It's going to be around the other side of this building. Now, do you want me to lead that way or do you just want to say fuck all and just go do it? 
I mean, lead, just lead. lead so lead. you do want I'm... me to lead? Great, thank you. You and your species you. self can go lead. You're all a bunch of dicks. <laughs> all right, thank you. <laughs> so with with Nate the Great leading, you guys go around the back side of the building, and now you're in between. The the town hall, which is a very, very large rectangular building. And then the, it looks like there's like some sort of L-shaped kind of building to the, the right. Not exactly sure what it is. Very just kind of plain, undescript looking. Um, so you're walking through the alleyway, moving downwards. You see another building below you. And Nate kind of stops at the corner at the edge of the town hall and kind of starts peeking around and you can see these two lit braziers kind of uh, lighting the, the doorway to the entrance of the town hall and over near the, the doorway, you can see a guard and two hounds kind of patrolling the area in front where you can see a town square where they have a nice little torture device set up. And this guard that seems to be kind of doing rounds, patrolling the town square, which is is not extremely large. Uh, it looks like it, any any trying to sneak past him is going to be extremely difficult, extremely tricky. Can I just can I just put him to sleep? I'm. It's up to you. You could try to make him sleepy uh, and his mutts. Do you have any more sticks or food? I suppose. Did the dogs follow us also, or did they stay behind? The other dogs stayed behind. Team meeting. Team meeting. Let's huddle. Oh, do I get to attend this team meeting? Am I part of the team? No, but you can come to the meeting. Wait, one of you said sure. The other one said no. (laughs) Can you decide? Am I part of this team or not? You've you've defiled me. You've made me choke you, and then you slimed me in return. You know what? He's really good at choking. Yeah, he can stay. Thank, thank you. I, I don't appreciate that. That's what I'm known for. But I appreciate being part of the team. You're great at something. Be happy about that. Nate right. the Choker. Goofy's <laughs> name. Uh, let's not let's not start that one, please. Nate. We'll, we'll stick with great. Nate the Choker. Nope. I don't. I don't want this. I don't want that. I might rethink my my part in this team. Uh, what's it, Nate the Choker? God, <laughs> God damn it all. Can we just come up with a plan, please? I can try to put them to sleep with one of my spells. You can do that? Waslo can burn them if need be. What? what Burning can seems the messy. What do we have? We have tools. What, what do we have that we can use? Oh, right. There are things in this bag. <laughs> when one of you uses either the amulet or the balloon. That will be attuned to that character. So that means that that, that item sticks with that character from then on. Ooh, does anybody, um, can they do something with fire? Like, can someone control fire? Waslo can use fire. I can close a campfire. I can tr- blow out a campfire. <laughs> blow out. <laughs> Would you be able to blow I- out the braziers over there so that he can't see? Uh, oh, that is true. That is that is something true. that you can do? I can instantaneously snuff out a candle, a torch, or a small campfire. The braziers are kind of like campfires. I think the DM would be able to go with that. I can put out the campfire. <laughs> I can wait. I can. can you do more than one or just one? Uh, a. It says A, so I'm guessing that's one. I mean, although I can use it more than once, I suppose. Is this a cantrip or is it a level one spell? <laughs> 
It's a cantrip. This is Nate asking It's a cantrip. Nate knows a lot about So I can do it anytime I want, I guess. Nate's breaking the fourth wall. Nate's very curious about how this all works. He's curious I think the about, DM will allow this. He's curious about the world and how the physics of it work. Okay, so we turn out the lights. Waslow tries to scare them away. What What do you think, Nate the Joker? <laughs> I think that we need to refrain from using new nicknames, for one. That is my initial thought. For two, I think th- the more chances we take at bettering our position, the better. So, I say both. But what if they are intimidated and they go run to get help? I want them to pee in their pants. That is also a very good point as well. So, do we need to incapacitate and kill then? I could use... I have a cantrip poison smell. Or poison. It's poison Poison smell? Poison (laughs) smell. (laughs) Poison spray. We can poison and plunge them into the dark. So he can't go far. Ah, this is this is possible. Here's a question, too. I have poison spray as well, so do those stack? I don't think it stacks. I, I, unless it says something about it, I wouldn't assume. No, I guess not. So we don't, it would be unnecessary for us both to use it. Um, well, if we're just going to do that anyway, then why even let them run? Why not just kill them where they stand? Yeah. Or sleep them. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't the poison spray kill them anyways? Ultimately, maybe. It doesn't have to have enough damage. Eventually, but that's why. Well, yeah, because I guess the poison in- is instantaneous. I don't think they're poisoned. It's just Correct. like an attack. Yeah. Right. But with the sleep spell, they the the immediate effect is unconscious. Uh, yes. So if like we were talking about earlier, if you could sleep the dogs, if we needed to, we could take out the guy. Unless you can sleep all of them, then so much the better. Yeah, I'll try to sleep all of them. Okay. I'm okay, gonna try so to put the them plan? to sleep all after right. I make it dark. What's your sleep spell? Is it like a lullaby? Do you have to sing it? Oh, wait. (laughs) I I need a pinch of fine sand, rose petals, or a cricket. Okay, someone go find me a cricket. Waslo, do you have any crickets on you? Waslo does not have crickets. Can we burn them now? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a cricket nearby? Like, this is the middle of the freaking medieval world. Like, there has to be a cricket. You can investigate and look for a cricket if you want, or perception or something. <laughs> okay. You want to do a perception and look for a cricket? Yes. I want to find a freaking cricket. Okay. Roll perception. Okay. <laughs> Ten. Uh, you you can hear a cricket over near the side of the building. So there that you can there is a cricket over there. You can just snatch it up. Yes. You I have a cricket. I got a cricket. You have one cricket. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> Use the spells. I am going to. Try to send all the creatures in there to a magical slumber. So I have to roll 5d8. How far away do you need to be to do this? Uh, creatures within 20, point, 20 feet of a point you choose. Okay. Oh, of a point you choose. So I think I can be 20. Oh, I think I can be 90 feet away. And then the range is 20 feet that oh, it affects. Yeah, you're fine then. You okay. can definitely do it. Okay. So I do 5d8. Okay, roll that. Yeah. So starting with the lowest hit points, oh. I take out... The lowest hit points is 11. So, and I had 14? Yes. So you can make one of the dogs go to sleep. So I guess I make... Okay, so I take the cricket and I blow on the cricket and then I'm just like, bedtime. And then it 
causes one dog to go to sleep because apparently okay. it wasn't a very strong. W- which dog do you want to Sorry, go to guys. sleep? The closest to you or the farthest from you? Which doggy? The cricket lands on the dog farthest away from us. Okay. And that's what causes it to go to sleep. I like send the little cricket on its way, like go sleep. Okay. This... So do you need a cricket for each each one, each uh, creature that you're no just asleep? just for her spell? Yeah, in just general. for the spell. If I had rolled higher she numbers, roll high. I could have taken out more. But since I only got fourteen, I can only take out as many as like all the hit points. Gotcha, gotcha. The guard and the other dog stare in dismay as the the one dog yawns, does a little stretch, and then turns around. Oh, Cornelius, what? Where are you going? And Cornelius walks over towards, like, kind of by the stairs, over by one of the braziers, spins in a little bit of a circle, and just plops down on the ground and just takes a snooze. And he is he is sleeping. The the guard and the other dog are are just kind of staring off at him like what the going over there like what's going on here do we even have a way into this town hall do we know if it's locked you don't know that okay nate uh, doesn't know nate is yes, the door what, locked what would you like to know what is the door locked the door i would assume that it is either locked or unlocked i i don't <laughs> I, I probably locked. Nate, you are the most useless giver of information that ever existed. Well, uh, s- uh, seeing how they have a guard guarding it, yes, it's probably locked because it's a place of value. So, yes, I would assume it's probably locked. Whatever, I can pick locks. Okay, what are we doing? I can make it go dark, and then can we, can we, is it possible if I make it dark? Do we have a better chance of sneaking past him? I mean, it all depends on what happens. I can't just give you a blanket yes or no answer. I like the idea of it going dark, and uh, maybe we could even use our, if it's dark enough and we have night vision, we'll be able to get past down, I think. Yeah, so should we try to sneak? Okay, so why don't we... All right, I'm going to turn out the lights, and then if we can sneak past, and if he catches us, then Waslo can fire ball. Yes, right. finally. <laughs> okay, do we so- need to roll stealth at all? Not yet. First, right. she has to do the what are you gonna okay. do? fire thing. So for prestidigitation, I'm just going to, like, wave in the general direction of the uh, of the fires and just go, lights out. <laughs> so Clap one on. of the fires goes out. Clap on. Uh, which one did you... I'm assuming you wanted the one closest to you to go out. But. I only have a 10-foot range, so... Oh, you weren't even up there, so... Okay, so I go up and I turn the lights <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, so, so you lights fly out. up while he's got his back turned. You wave your hand. The first brazier goes out. He turns to see what the heck just happened. But he cannot see you yet. But he is facing your direction. What? Is Who? he scared? Who's there? Is there someone there? What's going on over here? He's starting to head towards you. I'm just going to keep finding the story. Waslo's getting tired of this. So Waslo walks into the darkness. He can see, since he has good dark vision, looks toward the the guard and just, like, throws a spell. And from where he's at, it might look like the fireball comes over the brazier or, like, the light comes at him. So Mm -hmm. he'd still kind of be disoriented and not expecting it. Okay. It'd just be sort of a fire coming out of darkness. So you're using fireball at him? Yes. And while he's doing that, Len goes, like, just keeps going towards the door. She's like, whatever, Waslo's going to take care of everything else. Okay, you're heading towards the door. Waslo uses Fireball as a surprise attack, but this is going to initiate combat. Go ahead and roll your chance to hit first, Waslo, and then your damage. 
Yeah, I got a nat 20 on that to hit. Oh, oh nice. shit. Okay. And what does, does that do anything for spells? Like, I know it crits on regular it's, attacks. It's uh, s still the same thing for, for spells as regular attacks. So you are going to do your max damage and then roll that damage one more time. So, yeah, you're going to do some hefty hefty damage okay so that is going to be 14 fire damage total with everything yeah because it's a 1d10 okay plus and i rolled a four and then a flammable object hit by the spell ignites if it isn't being worn or carried so that doesn't matter but uh yeah so 14 damage from the fireball okay so so explain how waslo does this what does it look like when he just does this out of nowhere at this guy Okay, so as I'm going to do it from the perspective of the guard, guards watching sure. up to see what happened with the brazier, and he hears some slight footsteps coming from behind the brazier where I'm located, and then he kind of sees maybe the glow of Waslow's eyes as he looks up, and then just... Uh, I guess his illuminated figure as he's throwing this fireball from his hand at him. <laughs> Burn! All right, this uh, this firebolt just like flies right into his face. Boom! Just slams right into this guard. Uh, scorches this guy, just burning him, burning his armor. Uh, this guard is is really hurt. He is very bloodied. Draws his his uh, his weapon in, in haste because he is uh, uh, afraid for for his life. And uh, the the dog gets ready to uh, attack, starts barking. Uh, the other dog, Cornelius, is still sleeping. Now that the guard's been taken away and caught off guard, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll initiative on this fight. I got 16. 15. 12. Okay, so after that, that first round, so they were taken by surprise. Now we resume normal initiative order. And Waslow is actually first up to go again. So Waslow, if you want to attack again, this is your shot. You are 25-ish feet away from the guard, about 20 feet away from the dog, the active hound. Um, I'm going to use Tides of Chaos that I talked about earlier, which oh, gives me that okay. advantage on this roll. <laughs> All right. I'm also I'm also going to use. Um, okay, this is the one. I'm not sure. Where is it? Uh, okay, I'm gonna use Twin Spell, where I use a sorcery point, and it targets a second creature as well as the first creature, as long as it's a spell that can you know, that only targets one creature. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna attack the guard with the spell, and then twin it to also attack the dog. Okay. Um, and it works off of the same hit cast that I will do in a second that has that advantage on it. That's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to cast Chaos Bolt, which is a first level spell for me. Okay. That's so going to use a first level spell slot. Um, it's also going to use that sorcery point that I was talking about. Yep. And then Tides of Chaos. I'm just clicking all these things to make sure I have them checked off. Okay. So rolling uh, Tides of Chaos towards the guard, twinning it to also cast on the dog, and with advantage on this roll that I'm about to do. So the twin spell thing... Can you explain what type of thing is that? Is that a bonus action of yours? Yeah, so Twin Spell is a uh, meta magic that I got at level three, which is the level we had just reached after the last yes. game. 
And it, you gain the ability to twist spells to suit your need, and it's a sorcerer ability. Um, I yes. have one of the ones I chose was Twin Spell, uh -huh. and it lets you essentially cast the same spell on an additional target as long as it's a single target spell. Okay, and it doesn't have a cost associated? Uh, it, the, the cost associated is uh, one sorcery, a sorcery point, point, and I have okay. three at the moment. Okay, that's right. I just wanted to double check on that. Okay, got it. You're good. Okay, rolling. Okay, I'm glad I had advantage. Ooh, okay. So I got a, what is it, plus five? I got a 12. Does not hit. No. Does it hit the dog at least? Yes, it does hit the dog. That sucked. All that for nothing. <laughs> yes. Well, for dog at least. How okay. much damage does it do? for the 2d8. 2d8? Okay, roll the damage for the dog. 10. 10. Okay. Oh, but this, let me see. This is, I have to roll to see what type of damage it was since it was Chaos Bolt. This is cold damage. Cold damage. Okay. Does it has have any effect with it or is it just damage? Oh, wait. Hold on a sec. Um, what is this telling me? You hurl an undulating, warbling mass of chaos energy, chaotic energy at one in range. Make a ranged spell attack. On a hit, the target takes 2d8 plus 1d6 damage. Okay, I didn't know there was that plus 1d6, so let me do that also. The dog's dead. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the dog goes, flops no. over, dead. Rufus, no! The, uh, the guard is furious, waving his weapons at you. Waslo, since you did a level one spell, I need you to do a uh, magic surge roll. Oh, okay. What uh, do I do for that exactly? Uh, roll a little your d20 and subtract one because it was a level one spell you used, right? Right. Okay. Roll your d20. Uh, eight. Okay. No surge occurs. Okay. Uh, Lilith, you were up. You were about 20 feet away, 25 Ew. feet away from the guard. Ah, uh, bummer. I was like, perfect. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yeah, because my dart is a twenty feet range, and everything else is five. But you feet. can you you can move you can move closer to use it. So all right, well then let's move. Um, I think you were able 10. to move up to forty, I believe. Yes. So you want to move up to the guard? Sure. I, I want to look intimidating. So. <laughs> Let me be as tall as I can be, my little eight-foot stature. <laughs> so you're going to move all the way up to him? Yeah, he's okay. not going to see it coming. Okay, you're like right up in his face, looming over him. What are you going to do to this man? Okay, uh, I'll do an unarmed strike. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Oh, that hits. That definitely hits. All right, so for damage, 1d4 plus 3. Yeah, that's it? Yes. Okay, that is a one plus, right, that's a one? Yeah. Plus. Sorry, four. All right, so I hit him already, which was a four. He, he's super bloody, super, super, he's bloody. super bloody. I will tell you so that you could finish him off. Yeah, so I'm wondering if I just, if I don't spend the key. Yeah, don't spend the key. Yeah. Just do the additional bonus action one. Which is just another unarmed strike. That's what it says right down in unarmed strike right there. Unarmed strike. When you use this attack action with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon on your turn, you can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action. Yeah. So then I can do that again without spending a key. Right. All right. So then I, I, I roll the 20 again and then roll the four yeah. for damage. Uh, Is that know. how that works? How does that? Does he yeah. have to reroll the attack? It, yeah. If if it's she's doing a bonus, yeah, you got to roll one more time, just like you would any other okay. thing. So go ahead and roll. So that is 19 plus five, 24. And then yep. that'll tell you how much damage. So that is. Um, plus three to whatever you rolled. Oh, yeah. Plus three? Yeah, describe how you're using your your um your punches or kicks or however you do it to take him out. 
I guess you don't kick because uh, you don't have feet. But you can no, no. whatever punches <laughs> a, or your tail to take him down. All right. So it's an unarmed strike and I'm tall enough where his face is up to my bosoms. And therefore, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> therefore, oh no. <laughs> I'm basically like, like doing a, a chest bump. Is that what, what it is? Yeah, okay. <laughs> doing a chest bump with my breastesis plate on his face. So, like, it hits, it breaks his nose. You can motorboat this guy to death. Is that what's with, with her metal chest plate? With my metal chest plate and just sort of like, like smothering his face in it. Wait, just, that's your first strike or your second one? I don't think you even wear a metal chest plate. I'm pretty sure you don't even wear armor. (laughs) Well, in that case, yeah, he's deep into the crevice. So she motorboats him. I motorboat him. him That's strike one. What is, how do you finish him off? All right. So then I let go to see if he's still breathing or not. And he (laughs) falls on the floor, basically lays down. And I guess my second strike is I kind of rub myself on him. Like I just... (laughs) Rolling on him, just rolling back and forth, back and forth. So you do like an alligator death roll. You don't have any jaws. You're just taking pleasure from it. Basically, I'm just, you know, I'm shedding the skin. I'm just kind of like You're getting shedding off. something on Yeah, him. basically. Oh, good Lord. All right. Well, you, it, it, he's dead. He's very dead. <laughs> okay. Um, battle one, somehow. The dog is dead. Cornelius is sleeping. I just found out uh, for the chaos bolt that I had done it a little wrong. Um, I did it mostly right. But when I roll the 2d8s, I get to choose which of those 2d8s is the element that I'm using. And if they're both the same number, then it lets me strike an additional target like for free. Um, They weren't. But for future reference, that's how I need to remember for chaos bolt. Uh, So explain that for me one more time. So for chaos bolt... um, after I make the hit, on a hit, I they take 2d8 damage, 2d8 plus 1d6 damage, and then I choose one of those d8s. The number rolled on that die determines the attack's damage type, and it gives me a you know a chart to show which type it is. Oh, That's how I chose the cold. So that but tells you. If I, yeah, if I roll the same number on both of the d8s, then the chaotic energy leaps from the target to a different creature uh, with of my choice within 30 feet. And I make a new attack roll against the new target and make a new damage roll, which could cause it, which a could cause reaction. another chaotic chain. And uh, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. So that has a lot of potential. That's why it's, you know, it's chaotic. So it has yeah. the potential to do a lot of crazy things. Man, that's complicated. That's a lot. Okay. Very cool. You four are standing outside of the entrance to the town hall. Nate walks up to the door. Wait, I had already been at the door. Okay, fine. Lynn is at the door. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> like, she kind of ignored the entire battle because she's like, she's just focused, like, eyes on the prize. Like, everyone else behind her can battle it out. And she's just like, I, I got to get to this. <laughs> All right. Uh, is the door unlocked since you've been over here the whole time? Did you try the door handle? Well, yeah. Okay. It's open. It's actually unlocked. <laughs> it is unlocked. Look at that. So she just kind of like goes in initially, just making sure there's no guards on the inside. All right. So Lynn, you enter in through these large ornate double doors of the town hall and you find yourself in a marble entryway with red carpet. A log book sits on a pedestal to your left. Also, to both your left and right are two uh, bronze doors on either side. 
uh, and a larger door straight ahead, flanked by two marble statues of some long-dead human warriors. But no guards or anything to be found in this immediate room. I go check out the logbook while I'm waiting for the others to get inside once they're done with their battle. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the logbook shows the names and titles of various people who have been coming and going, um, including various nobles, the mayor, the town foreman, and the captain of the guard that um, those two seem to arrive together pretty often. Oh, she doesn't care about that. She was just looking to see if there was any log of like what the treasure was. So she just is done with the book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Not interesting. <laughs> I'm waiting for Nate to come so that he can tell us where the where the money and stuff is. I think they were. Ouch! What are I just you doing? My toe. Son of a bitch! We'll put that in game. Oh, just drop something on my toe! Son of a bitch! <laughs> Fly person, have you discovered if there's any guards in there? We've been waiting on you. Waiting on me? You've been sitting out there battling it out with that. And my name is you, not Fly Person. You know my have a name. You, you told us to wait. You specious buffoon. You've actually never. None of you have ever actually introduced yourselves to me. I'm just saying, it's been like at least 24 hours, well, most and would, no one has formally introduced themselves. Most people would be able to figure things out in context. You're not wearing name tags. You're not smart enough to figure it out, that, then that's just your problem. That's not a smart thing. That's reading minds, and I am i don't have that power. Neat, where's the treasure? Uh, can't believe you know my name. I was nice enough to... to uh, I, oh, you know what? I'm going to walk in. I'm just walking in. I never well, said I, you couldn't. Well... Here I am. I don't know. It should be in here somewhere, but I'm sure it's not going to be just hiding in plain sight. All right. Uh, so, Waslo and Lilith, are you walking in? You tell us. Fine. You guys walk in. <laughs> <laughs> so, Waslo and Lilith, you guys also enter into the the foyer of the town hall, um, where Nate and and Len are arguing about how to find the treasure. Waslo sniffs the air. <laughs> Waslow smells gold. <laughs> <laughs> but to be factual, Waslow does not actually smell gold. <laughs> All right. Well, it's here somewhere. There's got to be some sort of secret or something. They're not just going to put it out in plain sight. So we need to look around and see what we can find. Well, Nate, there are three doors here. And so far, all you've really done is sat there and commented on us. You so would have even found this place if it wasn't for me in the first place. So uh -huh. you're welcome. Children, what are those in front of us? They those look are, like two guards. Those are statues, I think. Let me see. <laughs> yes, these are indeed. Nate pokes the statue. These are indeed statues. Not as nice looking as mine. Though they, uh... Not anymore. You know what? <laughs> I'm oh, still... Nate, the great choker. I swear <laughs> I'm going to find the largest fly swatter ever created. And then I'm going to find a snake trap. That is my promise once this is all over. You promise? I promise. A snake trap. Oh, you don't need to trap me. No. The great uh, choker. I don't like that you like this. <laughs> What's our plan, people? You we, tell need, us we need to find the treasure. Where's the treasure? There's three doors here. I just here. told you I don't know where it is. Well, we which have one do to you look. Think it's going to be. Start looking around or something. Pick a room. Good lord. Waslow chooses door number 1. Which one yes. is door number 1? 
Did we moving from left to right? Okay. I say we go with the bigger one. Uh, which we number always, is that? We could just split up. I mean, there's multiple of us. Waslow walks we... over to door number one and okay. just opens it. I walk over <laughs> to the big door. door. <laughs> All right, Waslow goes into the uh, the room on the left. Lynn, you said you wanted to go into the big room? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll go to the one on the right. Okay. Oh, so we're all splitting up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then Nate just stays here and be, and stays Nate. Nate just stays in the foyer and is himself. <laughs> Nate uh, just does Nate things. Let's start with Waslo. Waslo, you enter a room of marble and wood with several stools and shelves full of books as if it serves as some sort of small informal meeting room. Another pedestal sits at the back of the room with several large scrolls unfurled upon it and another lay nearby still rolled up. I'm going to go over to the scrolls for sure. See if I notice any of the runes or incantations on it since I can't read. So I hope it's not just words. Breaking the, the seal and opening the scroll, you can see that it's blueprints of the town hall. Thankfully for you, uh, you don't have to really read, <laughs> uh, but the, the layout, it, it looks similar to what you would expect. You can see the entrance. You can see the room that you're currently in. You can see a greater meeting hall towards the top and a room to the right. However, the room to the right also features some sort of other square leading off of one uh, side and then there's another structure drawn off towards the side of the map indicating some sort of other room that might be attached to this building. Okay. I pocket the rest of the scrolls. Um, Well, I guess let me ask, do I notice are any of them like magic scrolls or anything or are they just words that I don't understand? Uh, None of it looks like magic. This all looks like... Uh, this all looks like different blueprints and stuff. Like another one of the scrolls is just, um, it looks like it's blueprints for the wall, like repairs for the damage left behind by the, the giant attack. Um, so like you can even see drawings of different kinds of like new weapons, like, uh, trebuchets and stuff. Uh, that looks like they're trying to figure out to mount up on the walls once they repair the breach. Um, and other than that, you can just see a, a couple other scrolls laying around sealed in wax, all bearing marks, just kind of reminiscent of, of stuff that you've seen in town hall. So it's probably all whoever is creating the blueprints and stuff. This is all probably made and sealed by the same person. Okay. Well, I keep the one that's got, that's the main town hall blueprint. And then I just burn the rest. I set them back on the pedestal and light a fire and gaze <laughs> at the fire for a bit and then okay. walk out. Got it. All right. So you set the uh, the rest of everything on fire. Um, a little bit of well, smoke. not everything. Um, the, just so some of those just prints. the stuff that's on. Yeah, blue, the other blueprints and sit them on the pedestal, light them on fire. Okay. I don't want to set the whole town hall on fire. Just enough to make a nice flame that I can admire for a bit. Okay. <laughs> so you've got a small flame going in this room full of of wood, uh, furniture and stuff, and then. Are you leaving the room or are you just going to yeah, stay? Ne- okay. Next place I'm going to go is just over to the room that um, that Lilith is in just because I, you know, I want to further explore that additional potential passageway in the right room. Okay. So I'm going to have you start heading that way. Uh, you go back to the main hall where Nate's hanging out. I high five him as I walk by. <laughs> okay. Nate. <laughs> 
Nate says, "What? what's this for? Waslow guesses he should formally introduce himself. If you haven't heard, Waslow's name is Waslow. <laughs> oh. And he enjoys playing with fire. I, I always did wonder why you keep saying Waslow. Now I understand. You know, I yes. feel like we've grown so much closer today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like we've earned a new type of respect. Yes, Nate the Joker, Waslow is happy to know you. I take everything back that, that we've discussed, and now I hate you even more. Thank you. I pat him on the shoulder, if I can reach that high, and then I walk away. You pat his elbow. You pat him on the butt. Waslow I pat alert. him on the elbow. Yep. Does Waslow alert Lynn that she's like probably searching in the wrong room? Well, we're going to go to uh, Lynn real quick. Okay. So, Lynn, as you are leaving the main foyer and getting into here, you push open this large door, looking into a vast long room of old wooden flooring, and the red carpet continues up into it, um, up a small staircase onto a, an upraised platform with a series of four upholstered chairs surrounded by red carpet and you can see that they're stretching off to the left and right are lots of other wooden chairs as you kind of explore the area so this is a large meeting chamber where the majority of the town hall would would come and and address um important matters so this is a definitely a room of some importance is there anything out of the ordinary that maybe like triggers a compartment or is there anything that's worth in that anything treasure looking anything um, shiny that she can steal <laughs> Uh, as far as shiny things, uh, I, I wouldn't say anything. There's probably nothing like loose that you're really seeing that looks of value, like nothing shiny aside from like the, the four upholstered chairs sitting at the top are definitely like inlaid with some gold, like just kind of etched into the chairs. What a waste of gold. She goes up there to kind of check out the area to see if there's anything valuable. besides. Um, okay. Do you want to, can you do a... Um, do an investigation. 17. Okay. Under one of the upholstered chairs, you find what looks to be a personal journal. Hmm. So she looks at it. Do you want to read it? Or she can read. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little um, bit. All right. You, you open up and you read the, uh, the latest excerpt, um, which is from the previous day. And it says, as if the attack from Malaga wasn't enough. It seems some other band of miscreants had been found snooping around the vault, but from the exterior side, only the gods know how they managed to discover the whereabouts. The captain assures me extra precautions have been taken before the asset can be transferred to Ogden Keep and shipped to Lemuria. The crowns will rain all nine hells upon us if we make any mistakes, leaving none of us left to beg forgiveness. 32nd Autumn, Lord Stanfield Grelick, Mayor of Noblethorne. And that is all it says. Hmm, asset. I like the sound of that. She takes the book with her and leaves. So are you going back out to the <laughs> main foyer? Yeah. Okay. So she you goes run to in, find the others. So you run into Nate and Nate's like, did you find anything? Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I mean, you either did or you did not. Well, the door could be locked or it could be unlocked. What? Couldn't it? She walks away. Are you all going in there without... <laughs> <laughs> you know what fuck you guys i'm about to leave you all if you're not good uh, no i want treasure i'm coming with <laughs> what treasure i'm coming with all right so you all go into the the door on the right side now lilith i want to give lilith the chance to explore that room before the others join her 
since everyone else was kind of doing their own thing first. So Lilith, mm-hmm. so you you enter this this darker room where there's really no light source, but you can see that it is um, with your dark vision that it is made of newly constructed wood paneling, which is interesting because the rest of this place looks much, much older. But this wood and the wood paneling, especially around the the walls, very new construction. You can smell the new wood. Everything's very finely crafted. There's a really nice table, a couple tables, chairs. The smell of polish can really fill your nose. And there is a a large bookcase kind of towards the the right of you that's um, actually built into the wall. Uh, a few decorations and stuff kind of dotting the walls and stuff, but nothing really other than that stands out to your immediate sight. Oh, yes. It smells like they spend too much money in here. (laughs) (laughs) Who chooses cedar and mix with mahogany? That's just blasphemy. With your passive perception, you can see that on one of the tables, you can see an Ikea label. (laughs) (laughs) And it's got some weird name like Flilgernir (laughs) is the model. There goes that sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) I see they did the work themselves. (laughs) (laughs) They most definitely skipped out on some prizes. Yeah, so I definitely want to uh, explore. Would that be like investigation or would that be? Yeah, you could you could um, investigate something in this room if there's like a particular spot that you want to scope out. Curious about the built-in bookcase. Okay, So sure. let me get close on the my right side and investigate the the, the book books on the shelves yeah okay what's your your passive down uh, somewhere on your intelligence uh or on your character sheet there should be like a passive um perception and a few other passives can you tell me what those passives all are yes let's see it's right where your finger is well, now my fingers aren't there. Oh, that 13? Oh, it was investigation. Uh, passive wisdom is 13. Passive investigation is 10. Passive wisdom insight is 15. You said there was a passive investigation down there? Yes, and that one was 10. Okay. So with that, um, we're going to go ahead and we can use that. So as you're studying this this bookshelf, you can kind of see that all the the books on the shelf look, look pretty mundane. Most of mostly like ledgers of different sorts. However, as you're looking, you do notice there are two books of the same title, A History of Noblethorn, Lords and Nobles of Note. However, one of them is bound in blue leather with silver inscription, the other in red leather with a golden inscription. Blue pill or red pill? I would like to pick on the blue one, please. Okay, so you're going to pull on the the blue? Yes. Okay. So you tug on the blue book. You suddenly find yourself plummeting as the floor beneath you gives way. Make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. No. I did a two plus five, seven. Okay. (laughs) You take uh, three 
d4 damage as you slam into some sharp wooden spikes at the bottom of a 12 foot drop. So I need you to roll Yikes. three d4 damage. Okay. Three, six, eight. All right. So you've that's taken. Much, that's my hit points. You took eight damage. Eight. And you are stuck down in a hole. Help! <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say. Somebody! This anybody! Is, we'll say this is about the time that Waslo and Lynn and Nate walk in. So they walk into the room. And Nate's Nate's just kind of grumbling to himself about just, you know, I'm just never appreciated for my talents. It's people to make a statue. They put it out in the woods, defile it, call me Nate, Nate. Choker. Uh, Lilith? Lilith? Hello? I'm to, to your right. Who's speaking? To your right. Oh. Hey, um, fellow Use villains, do you hear Use the snake person hands. yelling from a hole? Can we see Nate? Use your strong hand. <laughs> Come closer. Yeah, you guys choke me out of this. No, use. You guys can. You can definitely hear the um her voice, and you can see the hole. I'm, I fly down to her to like see what's going Turn on. Turn like, the lights on. Okay, so you see that that um a trap door had opened up a little bit in front of a bookshelf that's built into this room, mm-hmm. and you fly down there and you see Lilith at the bottom of this this pit with some sharpened spikes. She did take some damage. She does have a few piercings on her body and is is bleeding a bit. Oh, Lilith, that that looks like it hurts. One of the books, it's booby trapped. Uh, here, take this end of the rope and I'll pull the other up so that, uh, someone can pull you out. Maybe you still have more rope. Uh, how much, I mean, how didn't much? we keep the grappling hook? Did we, did we just get Did you say it? that you grabbed it? Cause I don't remember you guys saying oh, you took it back. No. We did not say that we took it back. What okay. else is in our stuff? Well, you used, you used about 20 feet of that rope. So do you still have more rope after the 20 feet? If you subtract 20 from what you got? Yes. Because I have 50 feet. I had okay. 50 feet of rope. Now I have 30. Okay. So you still have enough rope to, you can pull her out if you want to do that. Yeah. Here, take this rope. <laughs> she like puts some, gives some to Lilith and takes okay. the other back up. <laughs> For the record, this is why Waslo never learned to read. Books are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you wrap the, the rope around Lilith. Nate, Lynn, and Waslo are all pulling on this rope, and they they pull Lilith out over the edge of the trap. What in the nine hells did you do? I grabbed the blue book. It was a trap. Oh, well, why did you grab a blue book in the first? What prompted you to grab a book? There are two books that are copies of each other, but one is blue. The other red. Oh, um, and you just thought maybe just tug on one and good things happen? Mind your business. I'm just trying to understand the logic here. Ignore Nate. <laughs> did you, did you, was there anything else in here that's interesting? Maybe the other book leads to, maybe one of these books leads to like a secret compartment because I couldn't find anything besides useless chairs and this room just has IKEA furniture. Anything else? <laughs> Yes, Nate, grab the red book. Let's see what that does. I don't think I want to be grabbing any books seeing what happened to you. Would you rather grab a book or something else, Nate? I'd rather grab nothing at this point. Well, except the treasure. Get a choice. 
I don't I don't think so. The little gremlin creature over here is being awful quiet. What about him? Waslo fears books. <laughs> Fine. I'll grab the red book. Wait, I can I can I can grab it in case there's a trap door because I can just be floating as I grab it, I guess. So Lynn flies over, grabs the red Hold book. Hold on real quick. Yeah. Someone grab the rest of the rope. <laughs> <laughs> Good just call. In case. <laughs> Okay, someone grabs the rest of the rope, winds it up. Yes. Lynn flies over and grabs the red book and pulls on it. And you hear the grinding of stone as the bookshelf moves backwards and then to the side and reveals a darkened hallway with stairs leading downwards. By the way, Waslow found blueprints for this place. Perhaps he should have mentioned it earlier, but here we are. While we're on the topic of mentioning things, there's also apparently an asset somewhere around here. That sounds pretty important and pretty uh, expensive to me. I'd be, cu- I'd be interested in finding that. Do we know what sort of asset? No. Nate the Choker, what do you know? I don't know anything about any kind of asset. This is news to me, to be honest. Yeah. I say Nate should walk first. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have Nate go first. Why is why is it Nate always going first? God, fine. <laughs> Nate descends the staircase and enters the hallway. I see nothing. It's Keep I mean, the, there's torches. There's a statue. Am I? Do you want me to go all the way down? Yes. It's kind of slippery and a little stinky. If, to be fair, then it's perfect for you. All right. I like uh, that we sent the the one person who can't see in the dark <laughs> in a dark hallway. There's torches. True. I okay. I've well. I've reached. I I've reached the end of the hall. There's a large door with a very ornate locking system. I've never seen something like this before. I uh. I don't know what to make of this one, to be honest. I'll take a look. So Len kind of goes to in. investigate. Okay. Uh, Waslo just follows. Okay. Yeah, we'll all go together. One goes high. The other one goes low. <laughs> Entering the hall. <clears throat> God, I just died. <laughs> Entering the hallway. The bookshelf behind you slams itself shut once more, and the space you're in is illuminated by several small torches, but each of them are strangely only a few inches from the ground. The stone floor beneath you is slick, and there's a crude, earthy smell in the air. Positioned about halfway down the hallway is a statue of a small, stone gargoyle and then beyond that where nate stands waiting for you is another door at the end of the hallway the large stone door with the ornate locking mechanism that he spoke of earlier is it something that like is it a lock that can be picked with like thieves tools yeah you can definitely try to pick it all right can i can i poke the owl statue on the way by it's a gargoyle, it's a gargoyle. Oh, gargoyle statue on the yeah, way you by. can poke <laughs> it sure yeah Okay. Does anything happen? Does anything happen? Waslo approaches the gargoyle statue. And what are you poking it with? My finger. You're poking it with your finger. Okay. So you poke it with your finger and the gargoyle statue remains a statue. <laughs> oh. Is that statue also on the floor, like leveled with the yes. torches or is it up high? It's on the floor. All right. I, I sneer at it suspiciously, but then continue onward. Fly, can you open this? Please. Len will try to open it. Lynn or Len? We're not discussing the dynamics of my name. Wait, is it like L-I, L-Y, Ask L-E? Ask Waslo. 
What? Ask Waslow. I'm gonna try to open this lock. Is it Waslow or Waslow? I've been wondering this Joker, the whole time. stop interrupting her. Oh, God. All right. All right, so you're gonna try to... Yeah, I'm gonna try to pick okay. the lock. Roll. 24. 24. Okay. The lock starts making clicking and whirring noises. And the first piece of it, the piece that you just opened, retracts, but then reveals a second lock from within the first. Oh, bloody, come on. All right, let's try really? this one. Yep, all right. Can I try again? You can try again. Is there anything this notable? This is like resetting my password, and it tells me to not use the same password. <laughs> As Lynn starts trying to pick the lock again, you hear a strange noise coming from the gargoyle statue. It almost sounds like a liquid starting to move around, but you see nothing. Well, that's not ominous at all. I knew it. Gonna gonna try to go a little faster with this. I rolled a 10. Like, I mean, 10 is the total. The liquid that you heard churning around earlier starts pouring from the gargoyle's mouth. Uh oh. And nothing happens with the door. And it starts pouring quicker with no intention of, of, of slowing down. It is thick and it is dark. And it's quickly filling up the very bottom of the floor and moving along the length of the hallway. What does it smell like? It it's, smells like torches. Like oil? It smells like oil. Ah. Oh. I don't like this. Waslo didn't trust the gargoyle from the start. Um, uh, uh, friends, we we need to get this. This is bad. This is bad. Okay. What do we do? Does does Len? No. Oh, what do we do? Oh, I'm too great to die. No. Oh, do not let me die. Nate, shut up. Not in here with you villains. Oh, I've made so many mistakes yes. in my life. Yeah, you did. Just, just stop I choked it. A, a snake for heaven. Oh, good lord. Does Len you notice? You will live to choke another day, friend. I don't want to choke. Oh, I guess, I guess I do. Flames start billowing up inside of the, the hallway that you're in. Can anyone control fire? Mm, no, I can put out a bonfire, but I don't think this is going to work that way. Waslow cannot control fire. He just shoots fire. The uh, the oil is spreading all across the floor, and the flames are getting closer and closer to you. When you hear the familiar voice again come from the bag of holding. Wield me. There's the voice again. Ooh, ooh, I know this time. Waslow grabs the dagger <laughs> and holds it up. Holding the dagger forward, you feel a heavy presence in the room, as if your worst nightmares were only a blink away from manifesting before you. And the fire turns a sickly green color. That's an interesting change of events. And a strange energy envelops it and the oil, and it begins to reach upward as if being siphoned into the dagger until nothing is left and the hallway remains dry as a bone. And then you feel that energy pulsating within the dagger and you feel it direct you, turning you around, aiming at the door. The energy then blasts out, destroying the stone door, barring your path. Waslo likes this dagger. As the dust settles, From the explosion, you can see a well-lit room, larger than the hallway you were just in, 
where you see a desk full of several open books and a nearby table with a knife, some old half-eaten food, some playing cards. And moving further into the room, you notice a large vault door with one similar lock as before. That must be it. That must be where the treasure is. Look and Len grab the knife as she goes by. You want to steal the knife on the table? She's stealing the knife off the table. It's about her size, I think. Yeah, you can steal the knife. She takes it. Okay, (laughs) you you steal this knife. Should I try to pick it again? Seems like a good idea to Waslo. All right, here you go. Lynn flies over with her lockpicking gear out, and her thieves' tools disappear. What the? And Waslo and Lilith, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 23. 10. Lilith starts coughing and then spits out the thieves' tools. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't don't know how that got inside me. Uh, They're a little slimy, but I guess, do you think I should try to use them again? Yes. Wait. (laughs) You're excited about it now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Let me take a look and see what these papers have to say. Maybe it'll tell us what what the hell is going on. What, what did you want to look at? The papers on the desk. Oh, okay. The, uh, the books and stuff? Yeah. You head over to the books they're laying out. Most of the books don't really look of any consequence, but one of the books you see talks a lot about fey magic. Well, this looks familiar. Does it tell me how to get past the vault? No, this is just a book kind of describing the history of that type of magic and also describing different uses and things like that. Well, that's odd. While we're at it, can we try picking the lock with a breadstick or something? Because Waslo could use that in his stomach. (laughs) Waslo, you can can just eat the breadstick. It's okay. Okay. When did you pick up breadsticks and why did no one share? Wait, are they from (laughs) Olive Garden or Fazoli's? We have endless breadsticks. It's our rule. But this bag comes equipped with bottomless breadsticks. But from which place? I prefer the Fazoli's ones, but they're harder to come by. The caveat is we do not know. Oh. They kind of taste, they might be from Noodles and Company. I don't know. Oh, those aren't they're, nearly as good. Well. They're a little stale, so it might just oh. be a portal straight from the garbage can. Yes, that must be Olive Garden. <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. Yep. <laughs> So Len goes over to try to go up to the vault without any lockpicking tools or anything, just to investigate. You suddenly find yourself in a frozen tundra, covered in snow, howling winds biting at your ears. And you are alone. No one else in sight. Uh, Guys? The others just see you stop. You were just hovering there in the air, and you're shivering. But that's all they notice. And you can't hear or see them at all. You can only hear the howling winds. You can feel the cold. And you are freezing. All this isn't good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Party in Peril Villains, a podcast produced by Nerdsloth.com. If you had a good time, please just do us one little favor and share this episode or clip your favorite parts of the episode and share that with any friends, family, or on social media. 
And don't forget that you can impact our players and give them an edge by giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts, which translates in-game as Peril Points, which they can use to purchase special items, including weapons or gadgets crafted by our NerdSloth Patreon supporters. Many of the sound effects heard in the show were licensed from Sword Coast Soundscapes, so please visit swordcoastsoundscapes.bandcamp.com to hear all of their amazing ambient and background audio productions. And also a huge thank you to Atalus Music for providing the villain's theme song, Drop the Beat, My Lord. You can find even more of his fantastic modern-day fantasy mixes on YouTube or SongTrader. Love y'all, and roll those 20s! Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.